0: I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited about today's episode of Beauty Bosses with the amazing Erin Parsons, celebrity makeup artist and my amazing friend. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Yeah, and your patient, actually. That's
0: right. <laughs> um, yeah, well, why don't you start by telling everyone how we know each other?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I believe that someone had told me you were the best when it, especially when it came to filler, of course you're the best at everything you do. But I think it was, I was searching for someone to do filler at that time. And um, I don't remember who told me about you, but I trusted them obviously. Anyway, after I met you and um, you really changed my face. Like I really feel I look so much younger after the filler, Botox things. I've let my Botox wear off a little, but (laughs) you just transformed me. And then I asked about my eyes, and then you transformed me again, and I got my eyes done, and I could not be happier,
0: so. You look so good. Um, well, tell us a little bit about what you do, because you're one of the most celebrated makeup artists out there, and I love, oh my gosh, you guys, she's applying her platinum okay. lip balm.
1: Wait, I have to say before, I'm like sitting here in my hat. Now, if you see me on Instagram, I, I'm always like living my fantasy. I'm done up. I've got my makeup done. I'm like, wigs you know I've got all my wigs over here on the wall and I didn't realize we'd be doing this on camera so I was like well I don't have any makeup on what am I going to do so I figured I will do makeup while I talk to you now I know it's going to be a quick interview but I'm going to try to do a little transformation so I am starting with your lip plumper because I always start my makeup that way
0: no, I'm sorry, you could ask. You oh could my ask, God, that. I'm so excited. So yes, because I love that there is a visual component to this and like, we're totally gonna share your podcast makeup before and after. I knew your transformation right now. Um, <laughs> well, I was gonna start by asking you a little bit about how you got started in this industry because right now everybody knows you as this amazing celebrity makeup artist. Um, and you take care of some of the most beautiful and frequently photographed faces out there. Yeah. Um, but did you know that you were going to end up being this person when you were a kid?
1: Oh, please! When I was a kid, I I was just like obsessed with glamour from the past. Like Marilyn Monroe was my favorite. I'm gonna grab my little mirror. And um, no, I didn't know what I wanted to do my entire life. I was really pretty lost until later on in life. Um, and I'm just going to put my foundation on while I'm telling you about this. But it wasn't until, you know, I worked retail for many, many years. I, I, I loved makeup, but I never knew this was a job. I never knew you could be a makeup artist. And even I was reading, like, Kevin O'Quan's books and, you know, seeing what he did, I still didn't, like, realize this, like, fantasy world sort of existed. Now, when I moved to New York, I met Pat McGrath. And I started working for her, and that was a new world for me. And it was like here, pure... sorry, looks super loud out here in, in Lower East Side, but it it was you know all high fashion and all the stuff I had seen in the magazines, and it was like oh my god, like I can actually do this and do Vogue and things like that, runway. It just started to lead into something such a passion. But did I know I wanted
0: to? I didn't even know it was a possibility. Did you know you wanted to be a plastic? I'm curious, did you know? No, I mean, I don't know, did I know? I knew that I loved art and anatomy, and I kind of gravitated toward the artistic side of everything in medicine. And it kind of just, for me, evolved and developed, but I did not set out to be a plastic surgeon. it came very organically. I thought I was going to be a cancer surgeon, but then I found myself gravitating not to the excision of the cancer, but rather the reconstruction of the post-traumatic defect and Mm. how tiny and beautiful you could make the miniest little things. And so I always leaned into the small side of things. And I think that's actually so similar to what I see in your work, because one of my favorite aspects of your makeup work is that it's always so beautiful and detailed. Like you, you do, you know, in the same way with a blepharoplasty or tear trough augmentation that I try to make the lid cheek junction one anatomic unit that's perfectly smooth. Yeah. I see in your work, like this amazing color match gradient type of thing yeah. where you, you do kind of the same thing but with the medium of color and texture. And I just yeah. think that's so cool. Well, did you, did you like, were you good an art? Uh, classic, did you draw pictures? Yeah, I grew up as like a cl- I grew up in um, yeah. Southern California, yeah. up the street from the Old Getty Museum and um, yeah. I used to take art classes there from like age three. Even when I was a toddler, I once fell in the fountain there. Um, <laughs>
1: that, but, um, genius. That, that, that explains it though that while you are a brilliant
0: human being
1: and you could become the doctor that you are, a plastic surgeon, which must mean that you're very, very smart. You know, I've said this to you before about obviously you're extremely intelligent, but to match art with that and be able to make this into I mean plastic surgery is an art. It's it goes beyond um, just the science. So it's funny I did used to draw women too. I would draw models when I was in art school like Christy Turlington and Linda Evangelista. I would draw pictures of that so it's just funny like years later to actually work with them. And it's just interesting that you, the same, were an artist before you became, yet again, an artist just on a very scientific level.
0: it? Does it blow your mind when you take care of, (laughs) or when you see someone professionally who you grew up kind of idolizing? Because that has been one of the things about my job that I've never gotten used to. It's like incredible. Wait,
1: wait. So, what are you saying? That you see some people that you grew up. Admiring? I grew up, and they were like
0: my my idols. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I mean, I can't like, get <laughs> yeah, into it, about it. it. They hey. don't really tag me on their posts.
1: <laughs> wow, that's good to know. Well, that just shows you, you know, everybody out there. You know, there is a. Um, I know there was this thing against anti-aging but you can age gracefully and still pull things back into place a little bit, you know? So it's good to know like people that were your idols come to you and are keeping everything up. And do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like we're just all
0: (laughs) out there. And I like in some ways there's this covetour article that I was interviewed for a few years ago that, that I forgot the exact name of it, but it's like, Aging gracefully is a misogynistic myth that puts us down. And it's, I mean, it's true and not true because of course we want to feel great at any age and the concept of like, you know, being, feeling natural, being confident, feeling like your best self, that part is nice and true about aging gracefully. But this idea that you have to either be born blessed or condemned to a life where you feel not good about yourself is... completely false concept and really very limiting and false. That is such a good way to put it. I love
1: hearing you say something like that. And it's so true. And um, that's why, you know, with me, I want to talk even more about my eye surgery, because I think for women out there, I get the question constantly, like, well, what about hooded eyes? It's like, if you really don't like them, you can actually do something about it. If you want to take it to that that route, and you don't have to feel bad or ashamed or whatever. Yeah, about and
0: conversely, that. if you don't want to, you shouldn't feel bad or ashamed oh, about I that. Either. I think that it's yeah. just, you know, that to me, and I love that about what you do also because you have such a variety of work. If if somebody sees one of your um, makeup artistry pieces of work they may not really have a total idea of what you're capable of because they're looking at one little slice in time and it could be something that's very period or very stylistic or very this or that. Uh, But just the breadth of what you're capable of, I think is so cool. And similarly with what I do, you know, you can have any kind of outcome you want or no outcome at all. And I really think that that's what modern beauty is all about. It's the freedom to be your own kind of beautiful on your own terms, whatever that means to you. And if you love, you know, a really 1960s makeup look, you could do that. And if you love like, you know, nothing but some lip plumper like me after a long day in the operating room, yeah. i'm rocking today that's actually what i was gonna ask you well i should answer the question before um because you were asking
1: me about what it was like to meet like those idols yeah what's it like well my hands shook the first time i worked with linda i've never shaken my life i've worked with many celebrities but for some reason her i don't know it was like your head gets wrapped into some sort of energy of like whoa you know, she's just a human being who wants to look gorgeous after you do her makeup. But in that moment, you're sort of yeah. I was very starstruck with Linda, but she was probably the only one that I really got that way. I mean, they. It's it's just really cool, like to to be like wow, I can't believe that I'm actually working with these people after, you know, ripping magazine pictures of them out and hanging them on my wall years when I was
0: a kid yeah okay well so I want to talk more about your journey so you moved to New York you worked with Pat McGrath and then how did you establish your name as Aaron Parsons
1: well when I left Pat honestly I didn't know kind of how I would do that um but I think the biggest support was meeting Gigi and um I knew Gigi when I was with Pat. I was already doing her makeup for shows and for the editorials and things, so I already knew her, but when I left um, to go on my own, I started to do some things with Maybelline, thanks to Gigi, who sort of recommended me to them, and I think with her, not only was I just doing things for Maybelline, like when we would get to do red carpet together, people could really see, like what you're saying, a range of what I could do. And it's because her face was on such a big stage. You know, she has so many followers and so many people are seeing her. So that kind of boosted me much quicker. And I think without social media, I don't know that it would have been that fast, you know? So I kind of left from being an assistant to sort of becoming a bit known pretty quickly, thanks to her and Bella and Kendall and like the girls that I work with that do have really big followings. And then that, yeah, that gets you the recognition from maybe some photographers, magazines and whatever and of course then Maybelline I signed with Maybelline and that was huge
0: so yeah that, <laughs> what, are, what are you doing with Maybelline tell us more about that
1: well I'm Maybelline's global makeup artist so I do everything so every commercial you see every ad that you see basically every digital thing you see there's sometimes when I I've I, I work so much with them that I almost do everything. Um, I can't do it all, but <laughs> it's it's a lot, and it's it's that company because it's such a global, huge um, beauty brand. It really does keep me busy, and we get to do so many different things. Actually, I was just using like not that I'm promoting, I don't need to promote it, but like the Sky High Mascara, this is sold out over four times already. So this is of course one of
0: the ads I've worked on with them and um, it's really good stuff. I have to bring you some. And for those of you listening to the podcast um, via audio only, um, she's now doing her makeup oh in a- my- so good. I would say we're like midway through the transformation. And I,
1: I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like putting blush all over and I didn't realize even that some people could just hear it um, as I'm trying to like do a little
0: performance for you, but by the end. I love it. I mean, you're missing out, we'll have to find a way to get this video into the world too. <laughs> um, well, I think that um, it's been really it's been really cool for me in my life to see the way makeup has evolved. And um, I'm curious, since you're so well known for your amazing looks, what you do in your day-to-day life. Are you someone who like on a Saturday morning can't wait to put on makeup? Or are you more like, a, let me take a day off. I work during the week and now I'm going to not wear it. No, I, uh, I definitely don't
1: want to do anything on the weekends. I kind of just want to stay in sweatpants, but that could be due to like the pandemic world. I just think I've gotten really accustomed to it because in the past, I would, I almost didn't take days off. I, I really worked weekends, long hours, like that sort we just shooting all the time. But now, you know what, the way that I live my life is sort of in this fantasy world through Instagram because before the pandemic, I never posted pictures of myself. And I'm sure, obviously, visiting you, I felt prettier to get on camera. I would do things on camera when I had to for like Maybelline and stuff. But um, yeah, so now I kind of live this fantasy life as like somewhat of an influencer, which I'm really enjoying. And so I get dressed up just for Instagram. I'll do my makeup really dramatic and crazy and put on a wig and put on some outfit and tons of jewelry. And I get to just have that one moment in time where I feel so good about like the way I look that I'm like, yes, I got to show it off. But in the real world, in the real life, I mean, one, we're wearing masks, so I don't bother with any makeup, really. And I'm usually just have to put on a hat so I don't have to fix my hair. I literally the worst low maintenance. Like my poor husband, he only gets to see me look really cute on Instagram. But
0: in person. Oh God, that's so funny.
1: <laughs> <In> person, <laughs> fun. yeah. My husband
0: the other day, my husband the other day asked me um what I did. Today. He was like, Oh, how was your day? What did you do today? And I was like, You didn't watch my Insta story. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was saying?"
1: That's why I was like, did you like my video today? He's like, I haven't even opened Instagram. I'm like, Oh, like I want you to see like what I'm up to. And that's how that they live through us now. Um, but I didn't know. So, you know, I went to see Dr. Miro thanks to your suggestion. And um, she told me that you have like seven children. Is that true? Six. What? That is mind blowing. I was shocked. And here she is. She's like, uh, you know, on my, she's uh, uh, dent, a cosmetic dental. Sorry, I don't know the proper word. dentist. Yeah. A cosmetic dentist. Okay. So she's working on my teeth. So she's like, my mouth's like wide open. She's like, yeah, she's like seven kids, but six. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> my mouth open. Oh my now. God. Wait, we've known each other for so long and you didn't know about all my kids? I, I don't even know. The fact that you can work as much as you do. And do this podcast, which was already like blowing my mind, and to know that you have six children. How? And you're so like perfectly put together
0: every time I see you. How oh, can God, you? That's very charitable given that I'm literally wearing scrubs and a hoodie right now. <laughs> a hoodie that I've had since like sophomore year of college, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> oh my God. No,
1: I was shocked. I mean, I, I just, I don't know how someone could be able to. You mean you're so calm too and you're chill and you're you don't ever seem like you get stressed and I'm just like how how I, I was just shocked so six children I'm curious yeah. how old they all are and see I want to ask you questions oh my gosh wait late. this is
0: like a reverse podcast oh yeah, okay. no, I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> my kids are age two to eight so they're pretty tight in there whoa and yeah. what you, and your
1: husband? I mean, is he like chill like you? He does he work a lot? I, he
0: he also um, works and he does business stuff and he's, cal- he's calm. He's calm. We're both pretty calm. I think you have to be kind of calm in order to balance the chaos of having six kids.
1: I mean, I just think even though like doing a podcast on top of it, I was just like, "Yeah, I'm done. I'm ready to go home. I want to just like lay in bed and watch TV." But you, you sounds like your day doesn't really stop. Well, you know,
0: stuff. this podcast is just kind of a fun passion project for me. That's I cool. find I don't know if you ever find this, but I find sometimes that some of the stuff that we have to do in visual, you know, public facing industries can feel at times a little annoyingly self-promotional and um, I like my podcast because I basically just invite cool people who are my friends or my patients or people who are doing amazing things professionally in the beauty space or health or wellness or whatever and I just talk to them about themselves like and it's so cool to just learn about like I mean, I have so many things actually to that point, we have to get back to talking more about you because I have so many things that I need to know. So I am not great at makeup. I love I love a little like here and there a little something, but I was hoping that you can give everyone listening mm. some like three or four key pieces of advice if you're not a stellar natural born makeup person. Okay. Like what can you do to feel put together if you have something special to do like, you know, a night out or more likely than that a Zoom call. <laughs>
1: Well, I do post a lot of stuff on my Instagram. So as you were talking about self-promotional, I'm like, go look at it and yeah, follow her. Hashtag Erin Parsons. (laughs) So funny. But no, I do post things that I've started to realize. I I think about my sister who lives in Ohio, who just wants to know how to put on um, an eyeliner. Do you know what I mean? She's not like doing like crazy makeup. She just wants to feel pretty. Whereas I work in a world where sometimes I'm gluing Swarovski all over the face. So I was always thinking in my Instagram world that I've got to do really creative stuff. And then I realized that things that not only gets the views, but I get the most people saying like, wow, well, thank, thank thank, you. That was really helpful is um, simple things. Like I posted something today where I just teach um, how to do a quick, easy eyeliner tip, like use a pencil first, clean up with a Q-tip, then do the liquid liner. It's really scary to go straight in with liquid liner because you've got to like draw it on perfect right off the bat. So I give little tips like that. Now, as far as just for anybody out there, just to feel prettier. I would say one don't try a new something new if you don't have time to experiment with it because it might go horribly wrong. And you're like, oh my god, I got to be at dinner and I've blue eyeshadow on and it doesn't work. <laughs>
0: so have time the to blue eyeshadow. Shot, blue eyeshadow will kill you every time if you're not experienced.
1: <laughs> but maybe you want to do it. So maybe you're like, oh, I want to do blue. Try blue mascara. You know, something that's maybe like simple and something that you know you can do mascara. And it's like, it actually will look really cool. I also think um, sometimes simpler is better. So maybe you just do a little concealer, throw your hair in a bun and a perfect red lipstick. That always works. It's always chic. Um, you know, it's just, it's. I think it's just sometimes about keeping it simple if you're not a great makeup person, because sometimes overly done makeup that's not well done can actually make you look worse. Um, whereas- totally. you know, yeah. Like, I, I think there's a lot of great videos out there. I wish that YouTube existed when I was young because I just find it fascinating to watch, but they do often teach a lot of maybe heavier makeup that maybe not the, everybody in the world would wear. I mean, I love it, of course, but, um, so that's why I think I actually want to start something where I start to teach things that are sort of simple.
0: And I that love works. that idea because I have to tell you, I love everything beauty and I love I love a great makeup. I love like, you know, my mascara, lip plump. I like, I like, I like all the stuff, but <laughs> so often I feel intimidated by the Instagram makeup with the like the contouring stripes and the like, it looks like it's a centimeter thick. And I'm like, I know that has no role in my <laughs> surgery life. Um, but yeah, I love the idea of kind of a minimalistic makeup tutorial.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I like that kind of stuff too, with like the contour and things like that, it, it can work um, really well in that social media space. So if you're like, I have lights around me right now. So if you're sitting in front of perfect lights and say you do a Paris filter, you know, on Instagram stories, you can just do Paris. If you just do Paris, it just barely softens everything. It's the teensiest bit of a filter, but that's when like contouring all that stuff kind of work. But when it, you're in real life, those stripes that you see them doing Usually that's what you see in real life. So that's another thing I would suggest is what you do maybe for a picture for social media may not be what you do in the real world when you're sitting close to someone in daylight. That's yeah. when I think the fresher the skin, the better, you know. Totally.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting how makeup looks so different on film versus in real life. Oh like God. I remember the first time I had to do like a little tv appearance i felt like i looked so made up like i didn't even recognize myself but it looked really good and then vice versa when i've tried to do that like right now i feel like why do i look like a cadaver (laughs) (laughs) why do i look like a cadaver with long black hair it's so weird (laughs) i feel like i look okay (laughs) don't to me at all (laughs) anyway yeah, yeah. um okay what I have a few more questions for you okay what is your desert island makeup product what could you n- one product you could not live without
1: well if I'm on the desert island I'm bringing sunscreen honey
0: because I burn easily such a good answer <laughs> okay after sunscreen okay you- After sunscreen,
1: lip liner I mean I okay, you know, you know, because you put filler in my lips before. I still overdraw. I've always overdrawn. I don't think I'll ever not overdraw. My lip could be touching my nose and I'm still going to put lip liner on. It to me is that one product that just makes me feel like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep,
0: smashed. For some reason, lips are kind of the heart of feminine facial beauty. And I think since the beginning of time, that's why we have like a lipstick index. I think that's why my lip plumper has become so popular, but like a little bit of estrogen or lip product will just make your lips look amazing.
1: But can I say though, you know, what's really interesting to me is finding out like biological things of why certain things are considered beautiful. Like this is the scientific world. Um, why a certain like lip is beautiful or colors of lips or, col- or colors of whatever. Like it does always go back in the end to like biology and sex. Totally.
0: I mean, they're, they're sort of like fertility is maximized when you have an upper lip to lower lip ratio of one to 1.67. Oh. Um, the lips get redder and more engorged during arousal. And so yeah. that means you're like more likely to pass on your DNA to the next generation. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. That the is crazy. So the way lips have, like, a whole genetic story that they tell.
1: This is the kind of stuff, like, I want to talk about this on my Instagram. Like, I want to do a whole video on stuff like this. I find this stuff fascinating. Oh,
0: that's That would be so cool. Like, the anthropomorphic, like, evolutionary biology side of the features.
1: But, I mean, also, the, maybe that's why you're the pumper is so popular, because it gives this, like you said, it engorges and the color comes with lips, so it's, like, okay. a, a, a
0: sexual thing, I guess, maybe. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't like totally gonna say it like that, but I will I'll look at our marketing what materials right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what we can do for the next campaign. We'll see. Um, okay. So I wanted to ask you a few questions about business, too, because a lot of the people who love our podcast like to hear about the entrepreneurial journey of people in the beauty space. And you've really been able to create a career in a space that a lot of people traditionally have only been able to make work as more of like an avocation or a hobby because it's, you know, it's not necessarily so easy to monetize it can you yeah. just speak a little bit about how you've made that work
1: well i am a workaholic one i i never just even when i first came to new york i never just stopped it like oh no one responded to the email i would get i would send 100 more emails the next day you know i would contact every single agency i i i really am one of those people that i'm very focused and i will just continue to hound until i get there but beyond that um i think it, it's it's so much more than just being a makeup artist. It's so much more than talent, and I think this comes with you and why I like you so much. There, you, you, the personality part helps. I mean, being on set and being agreeable, not being a diva. Um, obviously, yeah. If you're if you're talented, they're going to want to book you back again. But if you can also you know, make the the room feel a little more cheery, or maybe the person that's in your chair, the client, um, feels really good because you are uh, maybe a bit more person, personable, or just a happy person, whatever it is, whatever it is, that kind of thing that helps. I think you know for you to continue to book um, jobs. Um, I, I I it's so hard though. I mean, for me to even think of like how how did I even get to this point? Because there was a point in my life where I did not have any money. I was starving. I have a famous ketchup soup story where I literally had no money that I took ketchup packets and like squeezed out ketchup. And like, I didn't, I didn't grow up with money. I didn't have money. So for me, I have to be successful or I I'd have no one else to rely on. And that maybe was another reason why I was able to push so hard to get to where I'm at now. But I do think you just have to be obsessed. You have to love it. And you kind of can't give up because once you get in with one, it just keeps going. See, just kind of, it's like this, one of my favorite movies, How to Marry a Millionaire. They're trying to marry a a millionaire. It's from the 1950s with Marilyn Monroe. And she's like, that's the beauty, you see, we don't need three bears. We just need one big, fat, juicy bear. You get one great client and you can just keep like tumbling after that. So that just, you know, keep your focus and keep working.
0: (laughs) I love that. You're, you're so hardworking and awesome. And I think, you know, in surgery, they say the adage is you need the three A's. You need to be able, meaning you have to be able to do it. You have to be competent and a good surgeon. Yes. You need to be affable, meaning you have to be likable and not a complete jerk and, you know, a nice normal person with empathy. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be available. So you have to make it so that people can contact you. Um, Everything and, I just said in a way. Yeah. The three A's, able, <laughs> affable, available.
1: There you go. And you know, I have to say like, for some people that say they wanna become a makeup artist in their, maybe they're struggling even in the talent part of it, you know, it can be learned. Some things do just come natural. Like you were an artist, you, you clearly, this is a natural path for you. You can see things that maybe not everyone else can see aesthetically, but a lot of um, aesthetic can be learned after, you know, I went from, say, like, when before I worked with Pat, looking at magazines, and I'd be like, Ooh, that's chic, that's high fashion. No, it was actually really tacky, but I didn't know because, you know, I was from a small town. I didn't live that life. Once I started working in that world of real high fashion, it started to change my aesthetic, and then it, it became more refined, so I could recognize when something was, say, chic versus something was tacky, but I love tacky, too, so that doesn't really matter, but, you know, there's just things like that, so, You can always refine your aesthetic with that work and with um, references and an obsession of understanding the past and why makeup works in a certain way. So that can be refined. If you're a jerk, you may not be able to fix that. So I don't know what to tell you. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, you I'll do need that. The work. Um, Well, this has been so fun, Erin. You are one of my favorite people and makeup artists. And she's also one of the best people to follow on social media. Um, can you <laughs> tell everyone how to stay in contact with you?
1: Yeah, Erin Parsons Makeup. And uh, I post videos every single day or pictures every single day. I love content. And so if you love vintage history and makeup, of course, hair, wigs, Dr. Deb because I feature her a lot on my page too. (laughs) You will like
0: what you see there. (laughs) Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Erin, and can't wait to see you soon. I'll see you soon. Bye.
1: (laughs) Bye.